that really bothers me and like honestly has given me a sense of a little bit of an insecurity is the fact that yeah like there are all these women like throwing themselves but me like the past 10 years like i don't have any of that like i have zero this sounds weird but like male attention and so then, you like, I begin to internalize it. And I'm like, is something wrong with you're me? Not, like, you're not looking. What? You're not looking. Like, you're not you're looking. Not but I'm going to tell you something else, too. When your radar's turned off, because I dealt with that for years, too. Like, and I was young. Like you. Yeah, like, oh, my God. Fair. I mean. Because I don't want it. But yeah. it would be nice to know that, like, someone's looking. But that when your radar's turned off, right, you're don't ever think for one minute that it ain't no some men out there looking at you like I wish. Honestly. And, and I'm gonna tell you who knows that more than anybody. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is this thing Damian Lillard face? Stephen A. Smith face. What's happening? How goes it? It's popping play. Fresh off the Hamilton. Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton. Flex on him. Nah, uh, I, I understood why uh, people keep saying it's a hot ticket. Um, the night I was originally planning on going, the seats, regular retail, were like 500 And I was like, nah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Too rich for my blood. So... Uh, if you go on an off day, because I was trying to go on a Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. if you go on an off day, you probably will pay way less, and also you step up. That's how I get mine. Thanks. Step up or the Fire Festival, dude. I would never buy tickets from Fire Festival because I would have been watching Hamilton from my house via YouTube. <laughs> that would. <one. laughs> is it everything that the people say, or is it like Gerard Carmichael said, and it's like? All right, we really got to pretend like this is a dope play. What was it for you? I sat there and I was trying to figure out the, <laughs> between the two, like what the hype was. It was a good play. Let me, let me, let me, let me not make it seem like that. It was a good play, but I was trying to figure out why there was so much hype around it. Um, yeah. but, but I did enjoy the play very much. Um, it's a different spin on plays, and you learn a lot about Hamilton that you probably didn't know or care to know, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot packed in there about how much or how um, vital he was in American history. And then my uh, Hotep woke eye opened, and I'm like, How can we even believe American history? How can we, how we know this stuff is even real? They ain't making this up. Facts, B. I like the good old days when I was just able to learn history and take it at face value or what I thought was face value and keep it moving and not second guess every single thing about the United yeah. States. I mean, that's the state that we live in now. Gotta be super cynical when it comes to this government chair. Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, you learn a lot, but it's like, okay, what stuff do are they leaving out? Why aren't they telling us? I just wish there was a way of filtering better 
what information was le- what information is legit and what information is like BS. Yeah. Do you want to Google it like on the spot? I don't, I don't really care too much because they <laughs> tell you not to have your phones out because they think you're recording all that other stuff. But yeah, put you out. Niggas wouldn't put me out after not after me paying my money. No sir. <laughs> okay. I I will say if you're going to see it, um, it's a small theater, so sit wherever you want. Don't be thrown off by the balcony seats. Wait, what is open seating? It's not open seating, but um, it's like there's an orchestra and then there's two balcony levels. Um, oh. I don't know how bougie you are in your play experience, so but it's really if not you... like the seat flex in there. You'll pretty much catch the stage. For the most part, yeah, anywhere you are. The the seat flex would be if you are in the orchestra because those seats, like, up front were regular retail for $1,000, so. Yeah, that's a flex, all right. Yeah, that's a huge flex. (laughs) I'm content just being (laughs) (laughs) Second mezzanine. <laughs> I'm content posting the outside and saying I saw the play, but until then, there was a. You can tell white people just don't get it. There was mad. There was people in there sitting next to us. These niggas was dancing. You're just so talented. I'm like black folk always talented, nigga. Hey, <laughs> y'all late. Like niggas been rapping. <laughs> Like, <laughs> but that was one of the aspects that I did think was cool about it was that most uh, plays you got to sit and listen to them sing the whole time. But it was cool seeing uh, the mix, niggas rapping, and then yeah, niggas don't want to hear my Hamilton reviews, man. They they ain't come out here to hear the Hamilton reviews. Somebody want to hear it? Them niggas didn't come out here for that. Fun fact. Did you know? I would, let me. You know what? Let me ask you. What do you think our biggest listening markets are? Uh, New York. Okay. And you want me to give you like three, five, ten? Give me, give me one more. New York, and if you had to guess. Cali. Is that just a random guess, or is it because it's the second biggest? Yeah, it's the second biggest. You're right. It's uh, New York and Cali in that exact. Oh, look at that! (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you were wrong. Of course, you were. I was hoping you were wrong. But yeah, New York and Cali, which I was kind of um, surprised by. Um, especially the Cali side. But shout out to shout out to the niggas in Cali that's listening to us. Facts! But uh, I don't want to say there's a lot of basketball to talk about, but it's going to be a lot more than usual. I want uh, to talk about the Los Angeles, <laughs> the Los Angeles Lakers. And the mess that is, and uh, jump around. That's the news in May. Niggas ain't even make the playoffs. 
Somebody they, said today that the Lakers are the West, the Knickerbockers of the West. And I'm like, holy hell, that makes a whole lot of sense right now. You know, in the past three years, they have the same amount of losses. Yeah. Yeah. The records have been almost identical, giving Kobe Bryant that huge contract when he was on the tail end of his career, which the Knicks have been known to just, you know, like hand out money to subpar talent. But since like 2012, the Lakers haven't been like this, you know, storied franchise like it was back in the 80s when Magic and them were there. The Lakers have been really dysfunctional. Early 2000s when uh, they were talking dynasty with the three-peat with Shaq and Kobe. Um, But I can't let you do that to Kobe because Kobe did bring them a chip at the tail end of his career. It wasn't the very end, but the tail end when he got that contract. The very end. It was probably like the bottom of the peak. And you know what I realized? We uh, we talked about uh, Magic and the Lakers up here and him leaving, but we never came back and addressed why he actually left. Yeah. But them niggas is in disarray. Yeah, it's 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 a train wreck over there. So, did you hear the story about why he left and didn't tell nobody? I heard about the emails that he was um, accidentally copied, CC'd on some email exchanges between Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka. Um, and it was kind of like, <laughs> kind of like running the nigga down. <laughs> I... I read that and immediately felt sympathy because I re- I know what it feels like to send an email to somebody you weren't thinking about sending an email to. Yeah, or even like a text message. You you know you open up too quick and you don't really look at the name and then you send it and you're like oh, and then it's like how do you come back from that? Uh, hold so hold on, hold on. Completely unrelated, but real quick and funny, sort of kind of. The other day, you know how. Sometimes Facebook, you see like somebody's uh, video, so you think like it's an old video. Mm-hmm. My nigga, why did I click somebody's live video the other day and they called me out? You know how they see, you see the, the name? Yeah, scroll? I hate that. Like, don't call my name. <laughs> it got so awkward because I was like, oh, how do I get out? How do I get out? How do I get it out? It was a live video joint. I was like, she was like, hey, Corey. And I was like, oh. Yeah, nah, cool. don't be announcing me because you got like five people in there and you want, you know. You want your viewers to know that I'm in there now. The very chance she turned her head, I closed out of that thing so fast. I was like, don't. Give me, give me, give me, give me, uh, give me something to get out, please, please. Soon as she turned her head, I was like, and X. But, but yeah, uh, magic, man. Sort of emails that I'm making trying to put the whole, uh, demise of the franchise on them and I guess you know kudos to Magic for thinking let me get out of here because these niggas are smiling in my face and yeah. about to put this whole thing on my back anyhow yeah but uh who do you think controls the Lakers the Bus family uh Blinko uh who, who do you think is running, running game over there well now, now there are reports coming out that Kurt Rambis and his wife are like some secret advisors to Genie Bus, and you know they're the ones putting all the information and all the ideas and all the suggestions in her head, and um, 
she's basically acting off their advice. Like um, Linda Rembrandt is her best friend and she trusts her and whatever that woman is telling her to do, she's she's been listening to her. So I, I thought for years that Jeannie would be way better at running this thing than Jim. Um, but I don't know. It's and I'm rooting for her because she's a woman, and you know you really want to see women do this thing, especially in a in a field where the representation is you know almost minimal, especially at that level. But it's like, damn, shorty, <laughs> you got to do better. Now they're talking about maybe trading LeBron. Yo, before we're gonna get into all that, but before we do, um. I saw a Laker fan say it's not um, the the father. Uh, when he passed, he kind of didn't set his uh, affairs in order. He kind of just left it to a family trust. Right. So there's no real um, no real uh, person to take the reins. And the family obviously can't agree on Jack Squat. Um, so you do leave room for... Rambus, his wife is an advisor, and what the crazy part is, I heard that she actually got him his job with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And they always say you can't mix uh, friends and business. Um, in some instances, it works out. In other instances, it's like, okay, well, clearly, Jeannie Bus, you ain't control, you ain't running the show if your advisor slash best friend is the one that's giving you all the. Uh, moves to make or telling you what like video vetoing the moves you already had uh, set in yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's crazy that LeBron's name even comes up in terms of trading. Like, huh? It's, it's, been, report, it's been reported that the Tyloo hiring didn't happen sooner because Linda or you know the Rembus family made it seem like if you hire Tyloo now, then it would would look like, you know, LeBron is in control and, you know, the optics of it wouldn't really go in your favor. So she had uh, a meeting with Magic and Magic was like, hey, don't listen. Don't like, don't take that advice. Don't worry about the optics. Tyloo is a great coach. He knows what he's doing. LeBron respects him. He'll be good as a head coach for the Lakers. So they go ahead and interview him. And then they're like, Linda's like, nah, give him three years opposed to five years. Like, basically any other coach is getting. Luke Walton got five years um, coming into the Lakers. He also got five years from Sacramento. You know, like most people get five, most coaches get offered the five-year whatever million. And they were like, nah, you're only here for three years. (laughs) The remaining of LeBron's contract, you're basically here to coach LeBron. And once LeBron leaves, hell, we don't know what's going to happen, so we don't want to commit another two years to you, and we don't know where, what the franchise is going to look like after LeBron's contract expires. So, of course, Tyler was like, man, fucking kiss my... Like, I'm already getting nine, ten million dollars from Cleveland. Like, I could just sit home, travel the world, and be... I'll be great. Like, I don't need the stress. I don't need the added pressure. Like, this ain't, this ain't it, fam. So now they don't have a head coach... They still don't have a basketball operations uh, president do whatever that Rambus. title is. Rambus is. Nah. 
Travis is uh, not not officially, but officially. yeah, not a fi- yeah. I get what you're saying, but it's like, come on, like you're the Los Angeles Lakers, did and this you, is. Did you see his contract was um three years, but it was 19 mil, and he was like, I I, I mean, I see like Tyloo, yeah, get your money, but fam, don't bring my oh, I have a championship pedigree, and I should be getting paid to that, <laughs> fam. You. <laughs> You coach LeBron James. <laughs> get I, I I get it. Get your money, but fam, don't don't use that like you took some no names to yeah. the ship and won some no names. Yeah. But how do you think this hurts them in the offseason getting uh I don't see anybody wanting to go to that like I don't see anybody wanting to go. Like who would who would like if you think about like Kawhi? Like, why would Kawhi leave Toronto? Everything is in place there. They have a head coach. They have, you know, um, operations due. Like, there's a structure in place. They have great talent. Like, why would you leave that to go to the Lakers to this whole dysfunctional thing, not having a coach, not having anybody? Like, it's just chaotic. If you think of any free agent, really, like, why would they leave that situation where they're coming from? I can't see anybody, you know, just be like, oh, I would rather be a, a Laker than, you know, to, to deal with what I'm dealing with now. It's like, nah, <laughs> nobody, nowhere. Like, not even, like, Phoenix or New Orleans or the Knicks. I'm like, I can stay right here if I want to be, you know, a part of dysfunction and people backstabbing and, like nah, that ain't what I'm there for. And then you talking about trading LeBron? So what? What's gonna happen with me? If you're thinking about trading LeBron because of all of his, you know, knowing too much and having too much influence, and the whole Anthony Davis trade debacle rumors, like if that upsets you, coming from LeBron James, like as whoever, like I gotta be walking on pins and needles. I can't do nothing wrong. I gotta be perfect. So I really can't see anybody, not any of the top 10 free agents, um, leaving their situations and wanting to go sign with the Lakers. If I'm LeBron James and you trade me as a Los Angeles Lakers, I'm going to make sure whatever team I go to, when I come to the Staples Center, I'm going to bust your ass. (laughs) They were talking about um, organizing Laker fans organizing outside of Staples Center. Because yeah, not, I ain't gonna do nothing. <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna do I've never heard of that though. Like like NBA fans like protesting their team. Like I've I've never heard of anything like that. Like it's not a job, it's not like a union or like some civil rights movement. It's just like NBA fans mad about what Genie Bus is doing. Like that's crazy to me. But yeah, it's like a circus over there. And, and- I saw reports, um, and we mentioned it up here a long time ago, that Kyrie could potentially be going over there. That nigga's out of Boston. Uh, that's another organization. Two-story franchises that's in complete and utter disarray. But yeah, they were talking about Kyrie going to, um, going to L.A. Um, Terry Rozier is out of his mind. Yeah, I saw his comments, and I'm like, all right, like, breathe easy, homie. <laughs> Like, you're not like a Clay Thompson and, you know, you missed a lot of shots and your minutes got reduced, you know, because Kyrie came back. Like, you were okay. Like, you were an okay player. You know what I mean? Like, don't act like... 
a top point guard in the league. And I was yeah, like, no. nah, I can't be looking. I can't be looking at the same scary Terry. That's not the same person. Yeah, nah, nah, bro, that ain't it. You ain't but top G nowhere. Kyrie is out. Um, a lot of people are pointing the finger at him, telling, saying that uh, he's not a number one. He's a, a a cool number two. He's a cool number two. Um, I don't think that's fair. Because when you look at Kyrie's situation, you're looking at a team that's put together very, you know, strategically. He's well-constructed. Young talent. Gritty players like, you know, Marcus Smart, Markeith Morris. Um, veteran leadership like Al Horford. Um, and then you're added to that team and then you go out and then that team does amazing in the postseason without you. Like they take LeBron James and his team to seven games. Like they're minutes. They almost won that game seven too. They were like minutes from going to the finals without their star player. So as Kyrie Irvin, I can see how when you get back to that, you're like, okay, like how much can I offer? Like how much can I lead these guys? How much can I teach them per se if they've, you know, they went really far in the postseason without me. Like they've had a lot of success without me. Like where do I fit in in this, um, you know, well-constructed team that almost made it to the big dance? So for that, I will give Kyrie a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because that is a unique situation. Um, and I can see how that would make him, you know, kind of like uncomfortable. Like, I right, nigga, like, what can you teach us? Like, we've been here without you. What can you teach us? So I can see how that could play on, on Kyrie a little bit in terms of like leadership or whatever, especially when you haven't had that leadership role in your career at all. So you're just coming from under LeBron and then you're going into this situation. It's like, you know, you've had no, no experience as a leader of a basketball team. So I can see how, you know, but so I'll another with, year with another team and see what he does. Even with that and the experience and leadership factor, um, you play with LeBron James, who might be uh, the most PC guy in the locker room. And he, Fans love him, hate him, but his team always respects him. And having sat under that, you would think Kyrie would know, okay, I'm not going to throw my teammates under the bus in an interview. Uh, when I'm asked about free agency, I can dance around it and not be like, oh, ask me in May. Like, there were certain times where his nonchalance, and that's coming from somebody who's pretty mellow myself, um, his nonchalance about the um, his his stay in Boston and, like, you can tell, like, it, it was a somewhat arrogance in Kyrie's game. I love Kyrie, but I've, I've said numerous times before, um, he don't play 82 games or he don't play a, a full game. Like, he, he plays whenever he wants to play. He turns it on, and, and it's like you, you get what you get. Um, I do it was think- easy to do that with LeBron because, you know, you can be hidden like that if you have a LeBron on your team, but it's not so much – you can't really hide it like that when you're on a team like Boston who doesn't have somebody that can give you 30 on any given night. So you have to be that. I think if Kyrie, um, not to say that 
and I hate when people do this because I hate it when they did it to AI when they were trying to get him to come off the bench. And I'm not saying Kyrie has to come off the bench, but if Kyrie can come to the realization I'm a cool second option on a team, I think he can win more um more chips with that the the mindset that all right, I tried the number one thing, it ain't for me. I can't put a team on my back, mm-hmm. but I could be a valuable asset to somebody else, and we can get together and get more rings. Like I, I do feel like he can fill that, um, that role very well. I, I just don't think he deserves a team on his shoulders or a team built around him. That's just me. Yeah, I don't think so either. But um, he's got to prove it. He's got to, he's got to prove himself. Uh, these niggas look completely. Lo- we both had Boston beating. We did. Boston. We did. And it was a gentleman's sweep. Yeah. I haven't really watched the Bucks like during the season. But when you watch them, they can play. They remind me of um they remind me of those old, no well not old, but like the 2015, 2016 Golden State Warriors team who will always turn it on like in the third quarter and they would like blitz you. And it'll be like an 18-0 run before you know it. And the Bucks can score like that, and I, I I had no idea. And they were the number one defense defensive team in the league. They're like top three in offense, like top three in three point percentage. I'm like, oh okay, they legit. They legit. I gotta give it up. And Giannis has made leaps and bounds from last last season, and that MVP is his this year. It's only right. I uh, agree with you. Um, since we're in the East, we can stay here. Uh, they're going to be well-rested because these two niggas are going to beat each other up in Philly and Toronto. Uh, I made a comment and said Embiid was soft. Nigga had one game where he was showing out. And niggas became prisoners of the moment and was like, yeah, what you say now? What about Embiid being soft? What happened to very... Next two games, he's been sick. Don't do that, my nigga. If we're gonna, all right, here's my thing we're not gonna use the, the convenience of me being sick because I'm, I'm having bad games. No, he's really been sick, but he has an infection. Okay, if that's the case, then you make the choice to either sit out the game, yeah. Or I would have preferred him to sit out the game because, like, him walking into the arena the other night, I'm like, damn, this nigga, like, he's dead. And uh, Brett Brown was like, he couldn't even get out the bed to um, to do the film session. He couldn't participate in shoot around. So I'm like, well, why not just, you know, sit him out? But he was ineffective anyway. You should just let the man rest. So that's my whole thing. Like, I, I would have rather him just sit out than to try to go and then, like, not be productive at all. Like, you're a big guy. I can understand, like, Jordan when he had the flu. Like the flu game. Like Jordan was, you know, more athletic, <coughs> way, way smaller. <laughs> he was not hungover. He had the flu. He was hungover. Um, but, you know, Joel is big. He's like seven plus. Nigga's mad fat, out of shape. So, you know, it takes a lot more from his body, you know, fighting against an, fighting against an infection or, you know, respiratory infection, whatever it is that he has. Was he sick when he exploded that one game? Um, what game was that? 
was the Raptors game two? Yeah, it was game two. I think he was. So if he was sick when he did that, and he's having he's had two horrible it's games back to back. It's gotten worse. I think back then it was just like a regular infection. Now it's like a double. They were saying he has like a double virus or something. I don't know. But he looked like he really looked sick. He didn't look so sick game two. Like his countenance and everything. But like the other night he looked really bad. Like he looked really bad. I I would have wished he just sat down because it didn't it didn't make any sense for him to try to go. If he sat out, who they play first round? The Nets. If the nigga set out some games with the Nets because of his knee or whatever have you, why not take the same approach in this you round? Raptors are different. Raptors are different. Spell it with me. S-A-W-F-T. <laughs> Soft. Well, I said Ben Simmons is trash, so I'm kind of looking like a genius. Anybody who can shoot a jumper can tell you that Ben Simmons is trash. But uh, I, I don't know why that nigga didn't work on his game because that was last year. People were saying that he didn't have a jumper. Yeah. Yeah. And he had a whole rookie season basically off where he could have been working on his jumper. So who do you I, want to see in the Eastern Conference Finals? Versus the Bucks. Ideally, it would be the Sixers. No, if Joel is healthy, if he's not healthy, then it's like, all right, give me the Raptors. I'll take. I'll watch Kawhi and Ibaka. Kawhi has quietly been bugging. Yeah. In playoffs, quietly yeah. bugging. Yeah, not just points wise, but efficiency. Like he's shooting like sixty percent. <laughs> from the field. It's crazy. I wouldn't mind. I think we have uh, let me see who we had winning that series because I feel like that the, the winner of that series I feel like will be beat up going into the finals. Whoever wins the Eastern Conference Finals um I think we had the Sixers. Toronto. We actually had we actually have Toronto. Okay. So we kinda of look like both, this is on that one. Yeah, both of us picked Toronto to come out of the series, but we said it would go seven games. So Portland, Denver, uh Yeah, I'm still <laughs> torn. I haven't watched. I haven't watched one game of the series. I haven't either. I haven't either. That four overtime game. I watched the end of regulation, and I was like, "All right, that's enough for me." <laughs> because I, I'm just not uh, into it. Um, Golden State, bruh. 
Before they are saying we... that Kevin Durant has a mild calf strain. Definitely out for game six tonight. And he will be reevaluated next week. If the, the, all right. So do you, do you stand by the pick of Houston? I do. Okay. Sorry for you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm give you now. <laughs> give you now. But, but uh, you go ahead. Bring it down to me. Did you see your man James last night? Yeah, he's he turned into playoff James that we've come to know. You know, one tonight. shot <laughs> in the final eight minutes. Yeah, of what could be uh, fam when guard. <laughs> I almost go thinking Garnett. When Durant went out, why didn't Harden take over the game? Yeah. That was his time. That was his time. Or even um Chris Paul. Like, what is going on with Chris Paul? I'm seeing a lot of people say, and I tried to ignore it in the past because I thought, oh, Chris Paul is such a nice guy. A lot of people saying Chris Paul is dirty. He is. And I like Chris Paul too. Like I've always liked Chris Paul. I remember when he was with the uh the Hornets, and Nissy went to one of the games with Anita, and she got an autograph from me from Chris Paul. Um, so, like, I've always been a fan of Chris, but that nigga is dirty. He's dirty. That that clip on uh, when he clipped Iguodala's knee at the end of Game Four. Yeah. But a few seconds left, like that wasn't a basketball play. Like that was just dirty. And I guess that's why Draymond need him in the back when he was getting up from that that charge. He's like, yeah, all right, we're going to get you back. We're going to get you back, little nigga. (laughs) He is hella dirty. Here's my thing with this particular series. This this ain't the same Rockets team that we saw last year against Golden State. Them niggas, Chris Paul went out, and you can tell they were on the verge of all right, run that back. When we when, when we see y'all next year, run that back. I'm not getting that same feeling from this Houston team. Like, Yeah, I think what it was, I think what it is actually is that Golden State actually were aware that Houston was, like, eyeing them and, like, yeah, we want, like, Clint Capella, like, yeah, we want the Warriors. It was like, all right, y'all ready? We're going to be ready, too. Um, so I think what happened last year was like the, the Rockets kind of caught everybody off guard. And um this year the Warriors are like, nah, we, you know, we we here. We we see y'all talking, we hear y'all talking, and you know, we're gonna be ready this year. And I think that's what's happening now. Um with no KD though, I don't like I don't know. I don't know. Because the if Splash Brothers it, still aren't shooting well. They had we they had good games tonight, but I did see Steph. Steph. They should they should have got swept. If we keep it in the stack. The two games that Houston did win, them, them niggas should have got blown out. But Golden State was mission shots and Houston was yeah. mission shots. There's no way in a world this should be going to five and six games. It should be a four oh series the way Houston's been playing. Not saying that um Golden State's doing anything that's so dominating, but the way Houston's been playing, Golden State's been shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. I don't know. And you said you don't know. No, I don't know. 
I think um, a lot of people are saying, well, can they win without Kevin Durant? And I think that's where he was getting ready to go. Mm-hmm. It's two games. Yeah. One of them being that Oracle. Um, so, yeah, Houston would have to beat them twice in a row. You know what the crazy part is? Um, Kevin Durant, and we said, has been playing possessed. The nigga's been bugging. Um, but, but I think that's kind of taken away from the Splash Brothers game and them having to defer to KD yeah. because the nigga's been hot. Yeah. So when he's hot, it's like, all right, well, we ain't going to disrupt your flow. Go ahead and get off. So they really haven't been able to get in the rhythm. Right. But you saw yesterday, the moment Kevin Durant went out the game, Steph was like, oh, I can still do this. Oh, wait, here. Yeah, he was, here. Five, he was five for nine for 14 points, two out of three from the three when, um, when Durant went out of the game. Prior to that, he was four for 14. And one for, I think, eight or something like that from three. And that right there, not to say it makes me nervous for Houston, but if them niggas decide they want to go off in Houston – this series is over in, in Houston. Yeah. Like, the pundits Houston. were making the point that with KD out, then the offense, Golden State's offense goes back to like free-flowing ball movement, Clay and Steph running around off the of screens, and that will tire James out like it did in game, um, game five, which is probably why he only took one shot in the last eight minutes. So a lot of people are looking at that factor – um, but yeah, if if Steph and Clay click for like thirty apiece, yeah, uh, night night Houston. And if Houston if Houston can't win this series with them losing Kevin Durant, then like, all right, um, Daryl Morey, whatever his name is, we see you with the analytics and all of that. You've been clocking Golden State since twenty fifteen, and you've been after them for all these years. But you just gonna have to let it go, my guy. You gonna have to let it go, cause if you if you can't take down this team without their superstar, you know he's been averaging thirty six points in this series. You ain't, and they don't even like they don't even have depth. The Warriors, they're playing like three people off the bench, and now that KD is out, that's one one more body down. So like this is your this is your series right now for the taking. Like we get it, y'all was hype coming off that loss from last season, that game seven loss, and it's like yeah we gonna get it next year. But like this is really the moment. If y'all don't get it right now, forget it. Fam, how did you let them win that game? Like what? I don't understand. Came back from twenty. Came back down from twenty. That was tied going into the fourth with no KD. How did y'all not win that game? Y'all could have just sucked the energy right out of that building. Like, oh, yeah, they just lost their guy. He's not coming back. Let's punch him in the mouth. And then we're going back home to Houston, and we can close it out. That's my only apprehension because I'm like, that was your moment to take, and you didn't. So now you got to, like, reset for these next two games. But I don't know. Like, Golden State still makes me nervous because Clay and them, the shooting percentage ain't what it is. Draymond ain't really hitting shots. Um, Iggy had, like, that one good game where he had, like, 16, but he hasn't really been hitting 
hitting shots. So I don't know. I don't know. I think if uh, and we we laughed at Draymond before saying like Snigger gives you like what six and seven like, mm-hmm. but is everything else he does um, defensive stops yeah. rebounds and like getting the flow of the game going like yeah yeah he's I definitely needed. When Durant went out, you heard the build. You heard the air come out of yeah. the building. They were. Yeah. Them niggas were church mouse quiet. <laughs> yeah. And Oracle. Yeah. And then you saw like flashes where they would try to get behind a team and trying to like rev them up. But mm-hmm. it wasn't until um, Steph hit that three when niggas was like, all right, this yeah. is what we're familiar to. This is what we're familiar with. Yeah. yeah. But um, so if they, without KD, if they get past the Rockets, do you think they can make it to the finals without KD? I think so. I think they could beat the Nuggets. I think they could beat the Nuggets. I, I do as well. I don't know what Charles Barkley was saying about how they can't beat <laughs> <laughs> they can't beat Portland or Denver without KD. It's like, fam, huh? Yeah, they definitely could beat Portland. Um, I would I would say the Nuggets would give them a better fight than Portland, but I I would imagine the Warriors to beat the Nuggets in six games. That's being generous. They just take Yoki like the Joker. They would just take him out. They would just small ball him. It's the same thing they did mm-hmm. um, in twenty fifteen with Timothy Mozgov with the uh, with with the Cavs. Like he was eating all season. They put that small ball lineup in there. That nigga was ghost, and you ain't heard nothing else from Mozgov since that series. Like they pushed, <laughs> they pushed that nigga right out the league. <laughs> he bounced around, I think, to like the Nets and the Lakers, and that. Like he was, he was, he wasn't the same. They was the same thing in Joker. They don't get that nigga twenty minutes, or he gonna be, <laughs> he gonna get switched up on Steph. And it's like, all right, you out there on that island with Steph. If if you if you Steve Kerr, do you let Durant sit out uh, until he can come back? If you make it to the the finals, or you try to play him in the Western Conference Finals? Um, I would see what Game One hit like. If that's competitive, then you probably have to get him back in there. But if it's like uh, they would have home court advantage, so yeah. So if it's like a blowout um, at home. It's like, all right, we'll sit you up for another game and just, you know, take it game by game, see how far they could take it. But it's the same thing like that year when Steph pulled his thigh muscle or something like that, and they sat him out the first round. Like, yeah, we don't really need you right now. You know, we'll we'll get you back next round. I don't really think they need KD to beat the Nuggets. They shouldn't. Would you try to get Boogie Cousins back next year? Or do you have him rest until next year? Nah. Because that's another person that said that he can possibly come back uh, finals time if needed. I would probably bring him back for the finals because they're going to need bodies versus the Bucks. Like, those are some big guys over there. Um, so if he can go for the finals, you know, I'll try to bring him back, let him get some shine. Uh, yeah. 
not for the Western Conference Finals, though. but for the Finals, I would, I would get him back in there. If he's like 75%, 70%, why not? If Steph can get it going, I say let them niggas cook and ease KD back into the mix because that's that team that's there now is the same team that won seventy three games before he got there. Or they mm-hmm. lost the they lost a chip that year, but that you same team kind of you know it's because of Draymond missing that game. Yeah. So yeah, they could have been two time back to back champs without KD. So I think they'll be okay in that sense. But Clay is due for uh, you know, a heat check. He ain't really catching. And I guess he hasn't been able to because KD has, like, he's been taking like 30 shots. So you know, Clay go off and Steph is Steph really, even though he had a good game the other night, he was still 30% from three. So you, you can get Clay. Hitting shots and Steph making at least 40, 50% of his threes, then yeah, the Rockets don't stand a chance tonight. See, but that that's the thing that um always is intriguing to me is Clay is always the X factor. Mm-hmm. Steph is gonna go off, KD's gonna go off. Clay, you take is shaky, he he's eh. But there's been times in the playoffs on a road where Clay has been the highest scorer on both teams. Yeah. And if that Clay shows up in Houston, nigga. It's night night. It's night night. Yeah, he's due for it. He had a decent game last night, but it wasn't he wasn't hitting a lot of threes. So he's due for a 40 point game in these playoffs. I just wish uh the Splash Brothers get back in sync, but I don't know if Steph will get back in sync because of the opening of this. Ooh. Nah, we're gonna we're gonna sit here and have a discussion, uh, like grown adults. Everyone listening, <laughs> <laughs> jokes will be had. You heard it. Um, I immediately thought, Jada, what the hell are you talking about? You've been bad all your life, and there's probably never been a time where no one has wanted or tried to talk to you. I get, I get why she was doing it for the support. That was my first thought. Was mm-hmm. Jada Alana? Aisha, though. Um, I get what she was saying. Uh, there's really deep insecurity issues there that she was trying to let out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would have taken the approach of saying I don't get. Matter of fact, is uh your husband around? No. I was gonna ask if you think he would be. Interested in getting on this conversation because I would love to know how he feels. In I don't think he's heard it because he was asking me about it yesterday, and I'm like, she pretty much said she wants attention, she wants more attention. And the people that thought 
the, the idiots that thought, well, Steph ain't giving her the attention. Like I said, the jokes are going to fly. Uh, I'm here for jokes as much as I am here for the, the real conversation. Um, the idiots that were saying, well, Steph isn't giving her attention and he's messing up. And um, I, I do think she opened the floodgates to her DMs to have every nigga that's <laughs> light-skinned in there. <laughs> Every nigga with the kawaii braids and uh and a do-rag is gonna be in her DM. Facts. Facts. But uh I get her point. She was saying that she just she she the insecurity there is that she doesn't get the attention. And and the basis of the whole conversation, it was well, when we go out, Steph gets all this attention and I have to insert myself like, hey, I'm a grown woman, I'm still here, I'm his wife. Right. Um me personally, and I said to Tiffany, I don't know if I am comfortable with you saying you need attention from other guys. I get why you're saying it. That's your, I get it. You're just saying that you need attention. But I don't think I would have been too comfortable with you saying you need it from other guys. That, that was my biggest thing about the whole, uh, her whole comment. But yeah. I understood it. I just didn't understand how people, I didn't see a lot of women on my timeline um, going at Aisha. I guess that's kudos to me. Um, but I didn't understand why men were saying uh, it don't make sense. Um, she has no idea what marriage is supposed to be. I'm like, and like all the character attacks, I'm like, all she said was she has an insecurity issue. That's really all she said. And you can't vilify her for having a personality defect. Like we're all, we're all flawed. Insecurity may not be your thing, but maybe anxiety is, or maybe lying is, or uh, cynicism. Like we all have something that we have to deal with. So just because she's insecure doesn't, you know, mean that she doesn't have an understanding of what marriage is. And like, I, I, a lot of the male comments I really didn't get. And I don't, I don't, I don't see how a man couldn't understand what she was saying. It's like, my husband, I married this guy. We figured he would be an NBA player. Didn't know how big he could be. Of course, you're going to always be supportive. Like, yeah, you can do it. Follow your dream. Chase your dreams. But nobody really had Steph being what he is today. Out of college? Nobody. Nobody. Like, nobody. They were all saying he's too small. He won't do well. Like, oh, he doesn't shoot. He can only shoot. And back then, the league wasn't really about three-point shooting. He's revolutionized the NBA. So he's a mega star. And as his wife... Like, Fernando posted one of the pictures. It was, like, Steph and the three kids. That picture was on the cover of a magazine. I want to say motherhood or maternity or some female-geared magazine. And she wasn't in that picture. And I remember it because I put it on my Insta story. I'm like, why would motherhood or maternity, whatever the magazine name is, not have her in the picture on the cover when she's the mother of the family? So you can see how already that would make somebody insecure. You can see how a person who 
models for CoverGirl, has a TV show on OWN, has a cookware line, has cookbooks, has a restaurant, does all these great things, and then when she walks into the room, everybody's like, oh, hey, Steph, hey, Steph, hey, Steph. She's made the Forbes list for 30 under 30. But yet everybody gravitates towards Steph, and groupies aren't just uh, gender-specific. He got a lot of male groupies too. Basketball fans, it's like, oh my God, that's Steph Curry. Like, just like ladies are grabbing at him, so are the guys. So for her to walk into a space where being super successful herself and feeling like I'm probably like a decent six, seven, or eight, and you know, I have a lot going on. And I used to attend, but let me, let me, let me, I used to attend and someone, I'm glad Jaden. I don't want to judge her looks, you know what I mean? Like, cause that's, that's subjective. People have preferences, whatever, whatever. I've seen a lot of guys saying she's, you know, she's trash. She got a big face and all that. It's like, whatever. Okay. That's your opinion. That's fine. (laughs) Like, that's your opinion. You know what I mean? But I'm sure to Steph, she's a 10. To you, she's a 10. But she probably feels like, you know, I'm a decent looking person. I'm out here dressed up, looking nice, super successful, you know. And yet when I walk in here, nobody sees me. And that's because not you're walking in by Sonya. That's you know the problem. You're walking in next to Sonya. Anybody standing next to Sonya Curry going to look like that. But that's the problem. Stop walking in with Sonya. Walk in with the sister, somebody else. <laughs> Sidel. <laughs> walk in with Sidel. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, in, in all seriousness, like you can see how that could that could weigh on somebody's mental psyche and make them feel, you know, like inadequate and insecure. And you know, it's not Steph's fault that she feels like that, and it's not really her fault that she feels like that. That's just a mental, you know, personality defect, and we all have them. Hers is insecurity, you know. Minds could be shyness or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, everybody has something. Everybody has something. And then people are like, oh, she should have kept that to herself. She should have kept that private. Like, the very next sentence was, you know, Steph is working on it. He's, you know, more proactive about getting me involved in conversations and, you know, introducing me before I have to do it myself. So I'm like, y'all not even listening. Like, everybody just heard her say, I would like attention. And they just, like, ran with that. Obviously, she's had this conversation before. This is not breaking news. <laughs> like, I don't think she would have ch- chosen that platform, you know, to, to release something like that. Like, she's spoken to her husband about this already. She said it. Steph is working on it. Blase, blase, blase. My whole thing is, like, you know, people kind of, to me, took it out of context. They heard her say one in attention, and they took it as, you know, she wants to be, you know, she want to have groupies herself or whatever. But it was like, to me, it was deeper than that. And then understanding being young, being a mother, being a wife, being an entrepreneur, like a lot comes with that. A lot comes with it. Like marriage is hard in and of itself. And you can attest to that. So being in a public marriage, especially when your husband is gone from October to June, and then even in the off season, he has like endorsement obligations that he has to, you know what I mean? Like he'd be in China a lot under armor. So it was like, you're barely seeing him already. You know what I mean? Like, and you're trying to work through regular marriage stuff. And then on top of that, she has her own issues. Like that can be very difficult for anybody. 
So for her being honest about that and revealing her truth, kudos to her. Like that could help somebody else. I know a lot of girls saying like, yeah, I went through that too. I went through that too. And I'm not nearly as, you know, popular or not in a relationship with a celebrity like Steph, but women do go through that, especially when you're married and then you're having a kid and then your body changes and then you feel different about yourself. You know what I mean? And you're not like really out and about like you used to because you're, you're more of a homebody, you're more of a mother. Like that can change you. <laughs> that can really change you. And guys don't understand that. And even if they are married and they've seen that, they really still don't understand it because they're not a, they're not a woman and they've never been through that experience. So Tiffany I just, me, go ahead. Tiffany said to me, uh, she said, uh, do you think she would have been as successful or popular if she wasn't married to Steph? And my immediate comment was, but that's how it's supposed to work. If her light isn't as bright, but now she can make it shine brighter because of who she's attached to, that's how it's supposed to work. That's what marriage, yeah. like, you're yeah. supposed to use that. And, and racing, they call it drifting, where you get the energy from the person in front of you and you use that to propel you to right. the next to the next spot. I would think it'd be completely um, dumb of Steph not to um, let her use his light and almost as a boost. Like, yeah. Yeah, take this. You know, you need a little, you need a little seed money. I got two million you could have, you know, build your restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, do you? I do feel like uh, the only reason why a lot of the guys, because jokes obviously are, are more important than anything else to most people today. Um, <laughs> even with say, I'm not for the jokes. Like I, the jokes are fun. Like I get it. We live in the age of social media, and everybody wants to be funny and you know get the likes and the laughs and stuff like that. The jokes are cool, but don't attack this woman's character for just saying I have an insecurity issue. Like that's 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 my stance on the matter. I think it was a. Uh... The meme I did like, um, because again, I'm here for all the jokes. Is the meme said she showed up to the beach in a Mormon dress and wanted guys to be in her DMs. <laughs> I I think because of the whole uh Riley and Steph moment is the reason why Steph got that cover because Riley was the one who kind of stole the show and put the rest of the family in the spotlight. Um, yeah. That wasn't Steph. But look, that's like a, that was a mother's magazine. <laughs> and the mother wasn't even on the cover. Like, can you imagine? That's like Sports Illustrated doing a photo shoot with like Russell Wilson and his family, and they just put Little Future on there and, and the girl. It's like, this, this is not Sports Illustrated. Like, where's, where's the athlete? You know, Russ corny ass. Hey, Sierra, you're my one and only. You know, Russ. Oh, oh my God. I can't say that. Ah! Leave Russ alone. Yeah, but uh, I, I do think uh, Jada was, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, putting some sauce on it by trying to. Uh, Say she understands what she went through. Um, but I, I agree with Sonia. Nigga, you ain't paying attention to it. So she's saying she ain't getting attention. That's because I believe the girl is so in love with her husband and her family that she ain't really paying attention to yeah. 
niggas in the street. And I heard somebody else bring up the point of that's Steph. Niggas ain't gonna be like, oh, let me try to holler at his wife. Like, right? Niggas like Steph, so they ain't gonna be like, yo, let me jump in his wife DMs and exactly. Niggas can't stand Carmelo Anthony, but you better believe Lala probably got all types of heathens saying Cheerios in her DM still. <laughs> but Steph is, Steph is a nice guy, so niggas is probably like, man, that's, come on. Niggas is a nice guy, and he can shoot it from 40. Like, facts. Facts. How much Steph worth? Two on it. Gotta be. Now that contract alone is like two hundred. Are you sure? Sit your behind down and sit your behind down. Run your businesses, and I'm, I'm, I say that jokingly to be like, "Come on, fam!" Like, I been to health is real, and take care of it. But yeah. you don't want that. You don't want them dirty niggas like. Now every nigga at a red light you see, every yeah. nigga in the supermarket, yeah. like, you don't want that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I was prepared to come up here and joke and say if they lose to Houston, it's going to be because of Aisha. I was prepared to say that yesterday. <laughs> uh, like I put on Facebook, Welp, when, <laughs> when Katie, when I, I was like, yeah, well, there's that. But is that. That's that. Uh, Aisha, you, you're going to be fine, sweetheart. And I'm sure you'll laugh about it when niggas is buying your uh, supplies and going to your restaurant and trying to holler. Any other venture you got going on. So you, you be all right. I, I, I wish I would have did this a while ago, but I'm, I think I'm finding my favorite segment for the next couple weeks. I should have been doing this for, for the whole season. I should have been doing that. Yeah. Slacking. All right. I'm going to give you my, my, my theory. Here it is. I was saving it for this platform. I think Tyrion and the bold, dickless nigga, I think they're... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't it have anything. Huh? I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't have anything to, to base this off of, just my thoughts. But I feel like after that conversation they had, um, I feel like Tyrion kind of moved the pieces in place to get Daenerys on her, like, fall off her game so that they can try to slide John in there some way. 
That's my theory. I think that they he's already put the plan in motion to try to get her to be the mad queen so that way they can try to advise that John's the better fit. But why would they do that? Because did you hear the conversation they had? Yeah. When when they both said, "Who do you think is going to be the better leader?" and they both were saying, "Well, Every John John has everybody in the north. Everybody wants him. Like it's only and he's the logical heir to the throne. So it makes sense. The ball guy seems like he's a little more behind it than Tyrion. But only reason why I say that is because for Masandi to be the only nigga that get caught. Yeah. And, and like that's directly affecting Danny. Yeah, yeah. Her Mad Queen, she's loading that any minute now. That's gonna come right out. Oh hell, King's Landing Sunday. I I do think um, Danny uh, should have listened to Sansa. That nigga's playing. She's playing the game. I know you said she's playing the game. Yeah, she wasn't always my favorite. She was just, like, annoying to me. But she's smart. She gets it. She's the smartest person I know. Sansa gets it, and I think Sansa's kind of helped pushing that in motion where it's like, all right, but what if we try John? Like, if she didn't tell them niggas that, yo, check this out, though. Yeah, Sansa's Sansa. She knows the game. She's learned a lot sitting in King's Land and watching Cersei and uh, Littlefinger with his crazy ass. Like she's picked up a lot. She's had a lot of teachers. Yeah, the Tyrells. She's got yeah. a lot. She's yeah. Um, I I saw people were saying, "Why did uh, Tyrion think?" And that's why I feel like my theory. I'm gonna keep pushing that. Um, he knew that Cersei wouldn't have had a change of heart. He knows his sister. I don't think he's fallen off that much for him not to know that would the outcome would have been different. I think he's falling off. He needs some pussy. Probably. Probably. He's been, he's been dropping the ball a few times. That's why I'm even more inclined to feel like this was a strategic move to kind of I could be so wrong. I could be so wrong, but I feel like that was a strategic move. The move is a chess piece. I would hope so, because I would... You you hate to see Tyrion come from where he came from, you know, like, talking his way out of every situation, all the near-death experiences. He's, you know, he's escaped for him to just come down to, to the very end and be dumb, <laughs> making stupid moves not really understanding and not really reading people. So I would, that would be cool if he just all this time has had like this, this grand plan to get Danny up out of there. Cause he just looks stupid now. <laughs> like, like, why are you walking up there? Why are you walking up there to Cersei like that? Do you think Jamie is going to kill Cersei? I don't know. I don't. 
he couldn't have charged out there to try to defend her. I think he, I, he might. I think so. Wasn't that the prophecy, though, that she would die at the hands of her younger brother? I don't remember. Yeah, he might. I don't know, but the way he left, it made it seem like, oh, I got to go rescue her. I got to go be there for her. Did you see, did you see the meme and pause for the rest of this? See the meme that said, uh, Brianne, feel like everybody else, that's what Dick would do, have her outside in the house coach. In the <laughs> Yo, was I the only one who bust out laughing when she started crying? <laughs> Girl, I was dying laughing. Like, she just started wailing. But I'm like, oh. not friend. That nigga Jamie here yeah. with the ill Netflix and chill. It's hot. <laughs> so, okay, player. I am mad John didn't know. Huh? You're on. Ray that nigga's gone. That nigga's gone. That nigga's gone. That nigga think that's his baby when it's Jamie baby. Like <laughs> when she told him that, I was like, bro, there's no way you think that's your baby. That, well, I'll give Cersei one thing. Although <laughs> yo. She may be Tatiana, but she know how to play the game. She know how to play the game. She know how to play the game. I, I'm pissed John didn't pet uh, Ghost and just let that nigga go. Ghost should have bit his ass and be like, nigga. <laughs> many times I saved you. Forgot all about Ghost. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Ray that. First off, fam. Um, I'm not a fan <laughs> why if you if your dragons get shot up you're on a dragon why not circle around these niggas they can't turn as fast and burn the whole fleet exactly. of ships up exactly she's stupid all of John's stupid is running off on them rubbing Come off on. on them that ain't John's stupid John's a strategist and he just lost it with uh, Ramsey but he he likes the plan. Him and Rob. Rob was the better planner, but I feel like if she would have listened to these niggas, as opposed to just trying to storm and King's Landing with the Unsullied and two dragons. Yeah, it was like 50 Unsullied. <laughs> <laughs> and two dragons. <laughs> with Varys and Tyrion. Yo. Did you see that? That's the only hope now is that last dragon. Did you see somebody that said that there might be four dragons? Yes, I saw that. How, though? I don't know, but they keep saying episode five is the better one out of the whole series, and I'm just trying to figure out how how they're going to tie up everything else. Yeah, I can't imagine. I really can't. Someone told me today that... uh, they believe the final battle is going to be the North versus Danny because they're going to all get behind John and she's going to try to kill John or he's going to try to kill her to protect the North. Oh my God. 
That's too much. That's too much. Who can handle that? A lot of people complaining that the writing's been kind of meh. So I can see that being a... Last episode, the writing was like, I was like, who wrote this? (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um, But yeah, you're right. You're right. It really is, because the book isn't finished. They're really just like freestyling at this point. So they can just write it whatever way they want to. So then we got these dragons, right? And then this is what we're going to do. So boom. Okay, boom. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, they said episode five is the big one. I can't imagine it being worse than a long night. Like emotionally, emotional wise, like that, that was too much for me. Do you want a happy ending? Nah, that wouldn't be Game of Thronesy. I wouldn't mind Cersei just remaining on the throne. Like she's been working towards it just as much as Danny has. Like, what's Bran's purpose now? Yo, I don't care. Bran could be dragon food for all I care. <laughs> At the table, not eating with his head back. Like, yo, go to the room. Like, why are you down here? Sitting there watching. Like, with your head in. The- Come on, Bran. No, but like, really, like, what's his purpose though? Because the Night King is dead. The secret is out about you know John not being a bastard. So what's left for him to do? Be dragon food, nigga. Uh, something. I don't care. Anything, but. <laughs> Kill us, kill us, nigga. The other other three-eyed raven told him that he wouldn't walk again, but he'll he'll fly. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I remember when he said that episode, but he like he hasn't really done anything this entire season. Dragon food. Get that nigga and feed him to the dragons. (laughs) Foot and all. (laughs) <laughs> for, well, the <laughs> for, for the north for the north oh man you got a show before we dip I did what was my show come back, come back to me. mine um because I'm a good, I'm a big fan of Damon Wayne's uh, Lethal Weapon. Surprisingly. And when they got uh, Sean William Scott in as a replacement, he's a, he's a perfect uh, fit for, like, to bounce off of uh, Damon Wayne. So, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, we used to watch that um, when it first came out. I don't know what happened. It just kind of, like, fell for us. Um, I don't have a show. One movie. Oh, I do have a movie. What Men Want with Taraji. So this past weekend. What did you think about that? Because I saw it as well. Did you see What Women Want with Mel Gibson? No. My email told me it's the same thing. 
with like black yes. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's I I was expecting it to be, you know, a typical rom com type uh with black faces and that's you know really what I got. It's what I it's exactly what I expected it to be. <laughs> <laughs> It was who we thought it was. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, tweet us at whateverface2. Follow us on Instagram at underscore whateverface. Stream yes, underscore whateverface podcast. Stream us wherever you stream Apple, Spotify, Google. Uh, anchor. Um, a lot of you guys stream from your phones. Share it if you're streaming from your phones. If you're at your desk and listening share. to the desktop, share it. Don't be stingy. Be stingy. Spread the love. It's the Brooklyn way. Hey. <laughs> well, that's all I have. Amen. Get your excuses ready for Monday. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs>